TalkZone.com Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Two Guys at a Mike Show, Thursday version of the Mike Show here on the TalkZone.com. Big Dog and the Coach at your service, I should say. The Big Dogger, or Joeler, and the Coacher today. Everyone's name, anybody that calls in, anybody we refer to today, we are going to put an ER at the end in honor. In honor of the new sensation in college basketball, Jimmer. Not Jimmy, but Jimmer for that. So I ask you right now, Joeler, how are you, my friend, and welcome to the show. Nice seeing you, John or Coner. It's good. It's good to be on the air. I just worked out with uh, my boy Brian or Cloudy, or hopefully we'll be working out. And right now I'm watching highlights of Roger Federer right now. Yeah, <laughs> Federer already beat the Jim. What if it was Jimmer Federer? That would be a significant problem. Now, uh, according to my notes. I had not had a result in the semifinal match. One of our topics on hand today from the land down under a beautiful Melbourne, Australia, the Australian Open. I'm not getting hooked, but I am uh, being enticed by the occasional tennis I am watching, Big Dub. We talked about this a couple of days ago. Phenomenal athletes. Unbelievable. How hard they hit the ball. But are you here to tell me that Roger Federer <coughs> has been knocked out of the uh, semifinals? He's been ousted, Coach. Wow. So uh, Djokovic has moved on. Djokovic. Oh, Djokovic, I'm sure he's got a, a relative that plays for Northwestern on the basketball team somewhere because they're full of itches. But, yeah, uh, Roger Federer has lost. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of itches and icks on the Northwestern basketball team. Not enough of making baskets. But, wow, so Federer is down. So, according to my uh, notology here, uh, Rafael Nadell, number one seed and the holder of three consecutive Grand Slam champions, he was defeated by uh, Spaniards, Spain's very own David Ferrer. Yes, and he's taking on Andy Murray tomorrow. And I'm rooting for right. Andy Murray right now because if he doesn't win a major he won't be uh, allowed back in Great Britain. <laughs> Why is that? Well, they just—they're just they're, somebody from England. I know he's Scottish, but uh, you know, like if it, when it comes, like uh, the English hate the Scots unless it involves the fact that they might win something in sports, and then all of a sudden they call them English again. Okay, I, so, I heard it was even worse. I heard they were going to let him back in England, but uh, if he lost, they would not put him on the invitee list to the big wedding coming up with Prince Williams and uh, Princess, soon to be Princess. What's her name? Katie. Uh, Hottie. Katie? Kathy? Katie, that sounds good. Princess yeah, Katie, that sounds whatever. good. I think she looks like Kate Beckinsdale. That's the best I can give you. Well, uh, Coach, I, I get lost in all that English stuff, but supposedly, yeah, if he doesn't win, they're going to make him date an English woman, which is bad <laughs> enough. <laughs> Whoa! Wow! Wow! By the what way, a shot. I, I will, I, I will go directly right into the Jimmer talk. I don't, I don't want to sit here. I really don't understand tennis right now. I don't know. I know it's a Djokovic one, and his name starts yeah. with a D. Here, here's the part, though, uh, just before we get into Jimmer Fredette and, and college basketball, and uh, again, welcome, everybody, TalkZone.com. Our phone lines are open. If you're in Australia, you want to give us a call up close and personal on the tennis, 888-463-6748. If you're anywhere in the fine England area, Great Britain area, you've been insulted by the big dog, particularly female fans out there, uh, call. 
Give us a call. You can go right on the air and uh, fire back at the Big Dell. We encourage it. 888-463-6748. But the thing I'm amazed about, Big Dell, you, you've been out on the tennis court and played recreationally on occasion, right? Uh, it, it's been a long time. But, I mean, don't forget that I went to a, a West Suburban High School, so every year I would have to play it for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, physical well, education did, class. All right, so you. I got to be honest with you. I've never played recreationally ever. Uh-huh. Really? Oh no. All right. Never. Well, you would look good in tennis shorts, by the way, with your award-winning calves. You should play tennis more often. Um, the part that amazes me, though, is these guys hit it so hard. But that's not the part that amazes me. It's when they return it. They look like they've got all the time in the world to sit back, wait for the ball, and smash it back. And I know when I'm playing tennis, when someone hits it that hard, you're like, you know, you can barely get your racket around. So I'm, I'm amazed not only at the power of the hit, hitter, but the ability to be calm and how much time they have in the returnee, if you will, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, I guess it's just, it's just what you're good at. Like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, some other people will be like, dude, you see that guy? And, well, I would be totally afraid to block him or... Well, I wouldn't actually. I mean, I know I'd get my butt handed to me, but at least I'd put my helmet in there, you know. And then there's other people like, if you if we tried to go in and and face, uh, yeah. you know, a, a Kyle Farnsworth fastball, we would look pretty stupid. But, he, try, he throws it to a major league player, and they're they're hitting it 480 feet. But you're you know? missing a little bit of what I'm. It's not so much that I'm afraid or intimidated. I just I'm I'm amazed at how they how how can they get back there and have that much time? I don't get it. When someone hits the ball that hard, and obviously I've never faced a uh, 80, 90-mile-an-hour forehand from one of these guys, but when I'm playing tennis and someone smashes it, you barely have time to react. These guys return a smash, and they look like just a day in the park. They bring their racket back. They're all set. So that's the specific part that amazes me is how they look like. They have so much time to return a smash. Anyhow. They're some of the most calmest, coolest, collected you know, it, it, it's funny because a lot of guys, oh, I don't want to play tennis. It's not a real manly sport, all this other stuff. I think chicks dig tennis players, mm-hmm. uh, tennis players, soccer players. I'm talking worldwide yeah. more than any other sport. And it's funny, in the USA, like tennis yeah. players and soccer players are way down the list of uh, of like usually what guys want to grow up and aspire to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying 100% because there's some people who want to be tennis players. Some people want to play soccer players. Yeah. but. In general, there's like a lot of angst against these guys for some reason. Worldwide, mm-hmm. they're like uh, they're, they're what every girl wants to be with. No question. There's also seems to be a certain female affinity for um, the auto car industry for auto racers. Yeah, that's worldwide too, and especially yep. in America. Like NASCAR, like it's funny if you go to, in America, it's uh, it's NASCAR racer, it's professional golfer, <laughs> and it, that is baseball player, uh-huh. then hockey player. Then football player, and then and then basketball player, and people wow. can say, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. I worked at Nike Town for four years, and I had to deal with these people's wives. Trust <laughs> me, basketball players, they are the lowest of the wrong coach. Uh-huh. Those guys are nasty. Okay, is all I got to say. They they bring in like five girls at a time, and and legitimately, that should be 160 teeth, and there's probably only about 130. <laughs> wow. I, I, so I never understood that basketball players really were always lacking. In that part, but like yeah, <laughs> hockey players, my God, you went. These guys from Russia would come and they'd be wearing 
striped shirts, plaid pants, and uh, white mm. socks. And they, they come in with a freaking perfect Model 10, <laughs> you know, so unbelievable. All right, Big Dog, out of his game today. Some solid insights. So back in the day when you were a fine shoe salesman back at Nike Town, we used to actually have a segment on the radio. David, you would have enjoyed this. Close Encounters of a Shoe Cunt was a fascinating segment. We moved on from that, but you never know, Big Dog. Maybe back in the day or, or uh, in the future, I should say, we will come back and uh, – reinvigorate that fine segment because I enjoyed it. It does, we've mentioned it before, be you a waiter, a shoe salesman, any kind of service industry, when you're dealing with a celebrity, dealing with anybody, it is a very not so discreet and very indicative window unto the character of the person. Yeah, no, absolutely, Coach. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. We, you know, we can go on and on with that, but I, I wouldn't yep. mind drawing the next connection to the fact that, you know, if, if, when, if Jim or Fredette ever becomes wow. an NBA player, we'll wow. have like a nine really ugly wives. <laughs> oh, goodness. That guy can play. Let's talk a little college basketball. Get our phone number here. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach. At your service. Uh, right up until 11 o'clock, San Diego State taking on Brigham Young University yesterday. Late night game, but the Brigham Young at home did pull it out against a great San Diego State game. Jimmer Fredette, all the publicity, all the headlines were on him, big dog. Some guys shrink from the headlines. He was unbelievable. 43 points. I don't know how many rebounds, but uh, Joler, all I can say is Jimmer was absolutely outstanding. You know what? Last I got, I did a bunch of stuff yesterday. I got a, I have an actually job interview coming up in about four hours. So yeah, I'm pretty busy today. So, but I got everything done by nine o'clock last night. And honestly, coach, I cannot recall the last time I watched a college basketball game from start to finish that wasn't a tournament game yep. or wasn't a Big Ten game. Because you know, I'll just put the Big Ten Network on. You know, and I'll watch Minnesota Northwestern. Right. I'll watch Iowa Penn State. You name the game, I will just sit back and I'll watch it. But I can't remember the last time I just put the remote down and watched a non-Big Ten or non-tournament game. That game was absolutely scintillating. That kid was unstoppable. And I'm going to say this to the San Diego State players. Every once in a while, Fredette would, would pass the ball. And for some reason, his guy would leave him every once in a while. What do you do? Just stay on him. Just get in his back pocket and run with the dude. No reason to help out on anybody else on that team. You needed to stay on him because as soon as the guy would leave, they would immediately get the ball back to him like a hot potato. And mm-hmm. it was out of his hands. Uh, it was out of his hands like as quick as possible. Man, he's got a tremendous quick release and great range on his outside jump shot. Uh, can really take the ball to the basket with tremendous quickness, outstanding finishing ability. The only minor weakness, and again, I'm making this analysis based on a very limited viewing of the work of Jimmer Fredette. When he does not have the ball, Big Dog, at times, both defensively and offensively, he looks maybe a little disinterested. But that's the only minor criticism. He looks like he can pass. When the ball's in his hands, he is dangerous. A decent passer as well, but... um yeah, yeah, offensively, scoring the ball, he can do it off the dribble, wow. he can do it off the pass, wow. do it inside, do it outside. Yep. His range, uh, uh, the, when the score was, uh, it was 5-2 uh, to two San Diego State, he walked the ball up the court, mm-hmm. and just, just to prove a point, he shot one from about 32 feet yesterday. Yep. They haven't been showing it in the highlights, which is cracked me up. It was his best shot of the day, was yep. his first shot, and he drained it. And then after that, the Fisher was like, you got to guard the guy. Like, they called a timeout like pretty soon after that. He was like, you, and after that, they were starting to guard him as soon as he crossed half court line. He could I mean, rise up. Where, as soon as you cross the line, he's a threat. Yeah, yeah, he can, he can rise, rise and shine. He can rise up and hit that jump shot from uh, NBA range. And then some, speaking of NBA, big dog, your analysis after watching him play. How tall is he? About six, 
two, six three. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go six three, coach. Okay. It's hard to see in basketball because like if you're six foot two, you look like a midget out there. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? So yeah, I I think he's about six three, coach. Strong, uh, yes. extremely quick. Again, defensively, he looks a little disinterested, so he'll probably fit in the NBA perfectly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> NBA wise, uh, is he a you know top five pick? Is he a first round pick? A mid second round? Where do you project uh, Jimmer Fredette, Mister Joler Redwanski? You know, that's funny. Is so many guys fall for some reason, like Stephen Curry. I can't imagine why he was not the number one overall pick. Yeah. I mean, that guy, with all, he had all the skill in the world and can flat out shoot. Uh, I, I think uh, just from typical, like, uh, prejudice, like, you know, like if you're a black quarterback, you, you fall for some reason. If you're mm-hmm. a white corner or a white running back, you fall. I think he's going to fall just a little bit further than he should because of that reason. But he's got to be. A top ten pick in the NBA doesn't he, coach? Just for the simple fact, if you got him on your court, I don't see why next year as a rookie he can't play twenty minutes a game and average fifteen points mm-hmm. and just be a gunner yep. for you, and then eventually turn into a guy that could, you know, be a legitimate offensive threat, scoring yeah. twenty points a game in the NBA. Well, and the difference is, and I completely agree with you. I, I do think, again, based on limited viewing, top ten. The difference is he's not just a gunner. He's not J.J. Redick. He is really quick, really quick at taking the ball to the basket. When he gets there, he can finish. So that's the unique part about him, a kid that can, you know, hit the jump shot outside, big dog, but he's even better going to the basket. Off the dribble, he unbelievable. Off the dribble, creating jump shots, off the dribble going to the hole. Uh, That little step-back three that he has, he has a little jab step. Everybody yep. just goes with him because they know he can get you off the dribble. And then he pulls up and just rains a 22-footer on you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's big-time scoring. That's big-time scoring. And um, one of my favorite players in the NBA right now is Kevin Durant. Just nothing but class. You know you know what I'm saying, Coach? Everybody else I want to play in New York, you know, I'm going to take my talents to Miami. Everybody's <laughs> going where it's warm or where, where the big market is. Kevin Durant immediately – when uh, his uh, he had the ability to sign a contract extension, re-signed with Oklahoma City, and he says, I want to win an NBA championship here. I want to play my whole career here. And, you know, I mean, he is a god in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I like that about Kevin Durant. And, by the way, Kevin Durant last night, uh, wow. just one simple tweet, Jimmer is the yep. greatest scorer on the planet. Yeah, That's did, all he tweeted last night. Did and, you by the see, way, Kevin Durant had 47 points and 18 I, rebounds last night. I was going to mention that. had a pretty good game. Yeah, I so. was going to mention his stats for last night. They win in uh, overtime. Great game. The Oklahoma City Thunder over the Minnesota Timberwolves in overtime by a point, 47 and 18. And, by the way, he was going up against Kevin Love, who had 31 and 21 yep. last night. 21 rebounds for Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Yesterday we were talking about how he was – uh, the best rebounder in the NBA. Well, yeah, he backed it up with a twenty-one point, a twenty-one rebound night. So, you mentioned, yeah, by the I, way, he's love Durant, coach. He's love revered him. like God in Oklahoma City. My uh, brother-in-law and their family live in Oklahoma City. I've been there, and let me just say, um, how do I gently put this? God is very revered in Oklahoma City. Yes. So you gave <laughs> you gave him the ultimate compliment. Well, oh yeah, boy, yeah, legitimately, coach. Like if. Uh, you don't like you don't get the kid around like oh blank damn you can't say that yeah and, it's uh, it's definitely in Oklahoma uh, they'll kill you okay yeah well, I forget what the main newspaper is in Oklahoma but it's it is uh, owned by this uh, strong right wing conservative guy and you will not find many liberal editorials in the Oklahoma City newspaper very conservative state by its nature big dog.
at any rate. At any rate, Big Dogger, Radwanski, and the coach are with you. We're honoring Jimmer Fredette today. Everybody's last name gets an ER at the end of it. we got some college hoops to talk about. We've already mentioned the Australian Open. By the way, we had a few emails come in, Big Dog, uh, at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Wondering why Joel talked about the men's version of the Australian Open. Why have you guys not mentioned what's going on on the female side? We need to do that. And your girl, uh, Lena. Is in the finals. Heck she, yeah, I can. Hopefully, Lena. No, not can heck get it yeah, done. not heck yeah. It's Lena. Yeah, hopefully Lena will get it done. Yeah. By the way, Coach. I think heck yeah. Lost in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think she. Has, I'm pretty yeah. sure she did to an over. <laughs> an over or an under? I believe it was an over. Okay. Because in tennis, I always take the over. Do you go with the over or the under? I always go with the over. Even in Australia, the land down under. <laughs> That's a good point. Because that would typically. Would... <laughs> yeah, she knocked off. But actually, both number one seeds have been knocked off. Caroline Wozniaki, I believe, was the number one uh, female. Lena knocked her off. Uh, Kim Kleisters is battling who today? Vera Zvonareva. So the winner okay, yeah, of that will. Not... Huh? Yeah, Kim Kleisters just beat uh, Agnieszka Radvanska. So. Yeah, that was well, not just. That was a, a day ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's on to her semifinal match. But, uh, uh, yeah, we don't want to leave out the female. There's uh, uh, the Australian Open. So congratulations to all of them down to the nitty-gritty, the final couple championship matches. By the way, I don't know how you felt. By the um, way, Coach, that was two days ago. In about four or five hours, it will be a day ago. Yeah. Does that make any sense to you? Uh, about as much sense as our uh, heck yeah over and under discussion, yes. Okay, good. But that, that is the truth. It's kind of weird. You gain time somehow. I don't know how it happened. Yeah, and David Olson, our producer, reminds our listeners, anybody would like transcripts of today's show, <laughs> feel free to write us here at thetalkzone.com. You can get our address at www.talkzone.com. We'll be happy to send you transcripts as soon as we actually figure out what the hell we said. I actually like reading the transcripts sometime of our show, Big Doug. It's, uh, it's both amusing and confusing. After I get my hook on phonics, I will actually try to read it one day. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we'll put them together, we'll bind them all together, and it'll be a holiday present for you. Next Christmas vacation, you can do some quality reading, reading some of the old transcripts of our show. Sounds exciting. Scintillating. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Take the OVA. You're supposed to say heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. All right. 888-463-6748. Big dog and a coach answering... Uh, our famous question for the day, Big Dog, I have to ask it each and every day that I remember to. Where did, where did the Big Dogger sleep last night? Uh, coach, uh, I hate to say this, but it was on my couch. I don't even think I got to the bedroom last night. <laughs> I fell asleep with dreams of Jimmer. <laughs> Never made it to the bedroom. Well, I eventually did. I just don't remember doing it. So, Wow. I watched Jimmer. I didn't dream Jimmer. Last night, for some reason, I was dreaming about cars. I was dreaming I was a car. I was dreaming I was a Chevrolet. Then I was dreaming I was a Mazda, a Trans Am. It was very weird. I actually called my uh, doctor in the morning. You know what he said, Big Dog? Uh, what did he say, Coach? I was just having an auto body experience. Thank you very much. You know, you tell a lot of excellent <laughs> jokes for, like, seven-year-olds. Ah, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you very much. Good. Good. you got to stay young. Some people age. Some people stay young. doesn't matter what your age is, Big Dog. You always got to think young. Even if, in my case, it is seven years old. All right, let's move on. 
Big Dog was all excited before the start of the show. Now he's all ticked off at me. I feel well, like I don't I'm, know about ticked off, just confused. I feel like, well, join the crowd. Uh, Tiger Woods makes his uh, first appearance of the PGA season. Big Dog, it's a good day for a little titillating tidbits and news and notes here. Where again, we're not ready to go totally into the Super Bowl. There wasn't a lot of college basketball yesterday, but uh, Tiger, the PGA, Tory Pines, and I forget where it's in, but um, his first tournament of the year. Any thoughts? Any feelings? Or feel free to move on. You know, I've never was a huge Tiger Woods fan. I, you know, it wasn't like I hated him or rooted against him. You know, I just, you know, I never really thought much of him. But, you know, after everything that this guy's been through and has become, you know, evil incarnate through so many different people, I'm actually rooting for him to get back and, and have a real good year. Mm-hmm. It, it just cracks me up as he was put into the category of, like, Pete Rose and Bonds and, 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 and Roger Clemens. And, and, and this guy is, like, getting ripped by all these people. I would like to find out. All these people that ripped on Tiger Woods, I like you see some of the skeletons in their closet. You know, like, oh, can you believe he, he's the sex addict? You know, 99.8% of all men are sex addicts, okay? <laughs> but but 99.8% of all men don't have billions of dollars and can have sex with whoever they want. It just mm-hmm. cracks me up that, like, all these people are, like, acting like he did. He lives the dream of 90% of all men, okay? Mm-hmm. And all these guys are ripping on him. It, I, I think it's, it's more the fact that they were upset they couldn't live his life, than, and he was actually living the life they wanted. So they acted like, oh, he's wrong, and he's a bad person and all that. Uh, you know what? That stuff just cracks me up. And he was wrong. Okay? I'm not saying he wasn't wrong. I mean, you know what? He probably would have been much better off just telling his wife, hey, I'm doing this, and too bad. Okay, you, you married me. You knew what I was like when I married you. But it, the way these people have acted, like he's like like the worst person ever. There's a lot worse people than Tiger Woods out there. So for some reason, I'm pulling for the guy, Coach. Yeah, I and, really am. And to be fair, you might be exaggerating a little bit. Uh, I don't know how many of the golfers out there and he was were firing on Tiger. Just a few of them. Yeah, just a few. Okay. All right, but your point your point is well taken. By the way, speaking of uh, Tiger's lovely ex-wife Elin Nordhagen, uh, our inside sources and a few other. Websites and sources are saying that uh, Tiger is continuing to pursue. Maybe it's the old adage, a guy's had everything in his life and he's used to winning, but he is uh, continuing to pursue. Uh, Elon Nordhagen is, uh, what did he do? He went to see the kids. This is rumor, alleged. Got up into her room and started going through the files, so checking out to see if she's seeing any guys and stuff like that. So, it might not be over, Big Dog. The saga could still be continuing. Well, hopefully it isn't stalking. Yes. Because like, that I will not condone on Tiger. Then I, I will get off the Tiger bandwagon right. immediately. So yeah. I, like, I, I don't know what the actual mm-hmm. personal stuff is like that. Because, yeah. you know, if you do make a mistake, if you do choose to live the life you do, you do risk losing a woman like that. And mm-hmm. if you lose her, that's your own fault. Move on. Okay. So I am definitely not saying it's okay that he might be stalking her. So hopefully that's not what you're trying to say, Coach. Mm-hmm. But if well, it is something he's trying to get her back, hey, I wish him the best. You know what I mean? And she should forgive him because, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she shouldn't forgive him. But then again, she shouldn't be swinging golf clubs at his head. Okay? <laughs> More and details. It came from a, a, a world of violence. You know what I mean? I You shouldn't be, you know, the violence shouldn't go either way. You know, so yeah. and it's all alleged. This uh, recent stuff, so we don't want to. You know, it's just a rumor out there. So I'm sure more details will um, come out on this story. Hopefully, there won't. I could live without the details, quite frankly. But in all likelihood, more details will come out. More importantly, Tiger is playing her prime coach. She's getting some. Okay, I just have to. Thank I hate you. to break that to Tiger. She's thank I you for that. 
Thank More you for that gentle. Willing to take the risk, if you very, know what I'm saying. Very gentle and delicate comment from the big dog Joel Rybowski. Thank you for that nice touch. Um, but more importantly, Tiger Woods makes his golfing appearance, and I kind of agree with you. Is like both extremes with Tiger are not good. When he was just completely dominating, I mean, it was kind of cool, but it almost took the fun out of the great game of golf. He was just too good, and now he's on the other end of it, where. You know, he's not even part of the story, and you want him to get back into it. Maybe somewhere, maybe the best happy ending would be to get this guy back in contention, win a couple of tournaments, and he matters again, but maybe just not as dominant as he was. I would like that as a golf fan. You know what? I could care less what he does, whether he's the most dominant or all that. I just, uh, I, I do think there was way too much focus on him. There should be more focus on everybody. Yep. Okay. It, was, it used to crack me up. It was like, legitimately they watch every single shot a, a tiger and somebody else could be leading. You know, he's in eighth place at the time. Show the guy that's in first place. So yes. I just wish the coverage was yeah. a little different. I can care less whether he, he wins yeah. or loses, though, Coach. Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm all about Boo Weekly right now, Big Doe. That's my guy. I think this yeah. could be the year where Boo starts to take over. I don't know. Did he win the Bob Hope Classic last weekend? I never saw the final winner. But um, I'm on the Boo Weekly bandwagon. There's plenty of room if you want to join me. Uh, Coach, I, I'm a little bit too busy right now because I'm taking up three seats on the Jimmer for debt bandwagon. <laughs> All right. Well, I go four seats. I got three with Jimmer. I'm sitting right next to you, hand in hand, uh, intertwined on the Jimmer for debt bandwagon. But I got one seat. I'm saving one of my seats for the uh, Boo Weekly. That's my guy. I have one reserved on the Jared Sullinger bandwagon, but it's tipping forward because he's already on it himself. <laughs> well, there's plenty of room on his backside. That thing seats about six. Comfortable. <laughs> Wow. I think one of the announcers said uh, his game, and I thought he nailed it right on, likens to ex-DePaul great Mark Aguirre. I thought that was an outstanding comparison. Wow. You know what? I, I, that's funny that you said that, Coach, because, uh, you know, I was I was thinking it, it's kind of like Barkley. And Barkley that's and Aguirre yep. had very similar offensive skills. Except Barkley was a better rebounder. Neither one played defense, though. But, I, I you know, I'm going to agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. He's got Mark Aguirre's game. Mark Aguirre's body type, except he's four inches taller. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, yeah, he's got the, he looks like Mark Aguirre, just a four inch taller version of Mark yeah. Aguirre. Yeah, he's about with six. A big, with big base and big wingspan. Six, eight, six, nine. And what surprises you, uh, and, and it worked for Aguirre, and it worked for Barkley, and it works for Jared Sollinger, too. You look at the big button, you look at the wide base, as you call it, and you see they've got the power moves, but then you get lulled to sleep and you don't realize how quick. You watch Jared Sellinger with his feet, his quickness. And, mm-hmm. again, the body type, you look at him, and it just surprises you as a defender, I think, at how quick and explosive they can be going to the basket. Yeah, And they, they also got a touch from 15 feet or so. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you you know, and as, as much as I always get upset about, like, centers who have all these huge bodies and they're taking jump shots, it's not like, uh, you know, I don't want them to have the capability to do it. I just – but if, if – if you can hit a 15-footer and bring that guy out to you, and then you're quick enough to maybe put it on the floor one time, get past to him, and throw it down, that's, I mean, you're going to be unstoppable right now. Yep. It's like the perfect storm right now. They got four seniors at Ohio State who are willing to share the ball, and they got outside. They have three guys shooting 40% or better from three-point arc, and Sullinger's willing to give it up if he gets yep. double teamed. So you know, right. they get. They try to get it into him, coach, and then if he's doubled, he kicks it right back out to an open dude who hits the, uh, the three-point shot. It's it's unstoppable right yeah, now. The only thing that's keeping the interest in college basketball right now, there are some other great teams. Ohio State's the best I've seen. 
is the tournament, it's not best of five, it's not best of seven. Because if it was best of five or best of seven, I don't think anybody, if they're healthy, beats Ohio State from what I've seen. But it's not best of five. The tournament is one and done, so they can be yep. knocked off. But I would argue, dog, this year, if healthy, best of five, best of seven, nobody beats Ohio State, and that includes about four NBA teams. Yeah, and like uh, <laughs> like a Lou Holtz could be a really good uh, coach for somebody. You don't have to be better for then and for five games. You don't have to be better all day. You just yep. have to be better for 40 minutes. It's true. 40 minutes. That's all you got to do is be better than a team for 40 minutes. So it's, it's there's a lot to be said about that. Uh, so I always said that that's, it's, it's really simple, Coach. You yeah. know what I mean? Take care of the ball, rebound, defend. Next thing you know, you look up, you could be ahead and 40 minutes is done. So Spoken like a true coach, big dog. We'll take a quick break here. we got more to talk about. Going to get in a little NBA. we got a little hockey. We haven't talked hockey much. Got to check in on our Chicago Blackhawks, some other NHL teams. We'll jump off the sports page as well. Producer extraordinaire David Olson. On the other side of the glass, big dog and the coach at your service. We'll be back in about 38 seconds. Don't go anywhere. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com correction to our fine announcer it's the coacher and it is the big dogger in honor of jimmer for that the college basketball player of the year in his phenomenal game yesterday 43 points anybody that calls in even our producer dave Er. Olsen is part of this uh, Jimmer Fredette experiment. As long as he keeps scoring 43 points, we'll put an ER on in the end of everybody's head. You think um, babies born in the Utah area, Big Dog, are we going to see some, you know, Johners and Davers and Tomers? You think that the, the Jimmer thing will take over some uh, maternity wards in the next couple of weeks? Uh, Coach, 100%. I was actually thinking about that, uh, how, how, uh, how many more Jimmers there's going to be uh, born over the the next uh-huh. couple months? Seriously, if they end up going to the Final Four, yep, they'll be like Jimmer, Ainge, Young. You know how I many people <laughs> Jimmer, Young? You know, there's going to be a lot of them, Coach. Yeah, I feel bad for you know the Jameses and the Jimmies out there. They're going to be like long lost souls. They'll all be Jimmer. Yeah, there's enough there's enough gems out there to be quite honest with you, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the name because you know that I've got uh, you know plenty of gems in my yeah. family. But you know, like from now on, I'm, I'm calling him Uncle Jimmer. Okay. From now on, I'm going to head out to a uh, gym right after the show. Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog and a coach at your service. Phone lines are open. Uh, give us a call. Talk sports and or more with the coach and the big dog. By the way, during the break, big dog, two more listeners joining our dysfunctional tweeter family. Please welcome big dog. Hands on Hannah. 
and Swing Low Sweet Chariot. And it's spelled C-H-E-R-R-Y-I-T. So hands on Hannah and Swing Low Sweet Chariot. New members of our Twitter family and fans of yours picked up. Uh, that, that, that's awful good. I'm waiting for Jimmer Rat to, to, to actually become a fan. Probably will. Maybe a fan on, on, on Facebook. Yeah. So. Yeah. Could be busy today. I'm sure within the next couple of days they'll join you. Uh, wanted to talk some NBA basketball real quick. We haven't talked, you know, this kind of time of the year. You get the, you know, the NFL football playoffs and the college football. We kind of get lost in the middle, and then we usually work our way out of it. But the All-Star game is coming up, I think, tonight, Big Dog, on uh, TN of T. They're going to announce the All-Stars. I don't know if you're an NBA All-Star guy or not, but we got to mention our very own Derek Rose of the Chicago Bulls. Looks like he's a lock to be a starter. For the Eastern Conference, the young man's come a long way since his days at Simeon. Yeah, he definitely deserves it. You know, him and Rajon Rondo uh, having phenomenal seasons, but you know he's been healthy the whole year. And mm-hmm. and Rajon Rondo is a great piece of a really great team where Derrick Rose is the best player and the best piece of a very very good team. So uh, I, I think uh, Derrick Rose, without a doubt deservedly belongs to start on the mm-hmm. on the Eastern Conference All-Star team. That's amazing. I mean, I, I still remember not that long ago. It's, I was going to say it seems like not that long ago, and it it doesn't it don't always seem like it. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, a guy played one year in college. He's only been in the pros three years, so four or five years ago. He's playing high school ball, big dog, not college. High school ball, and here we are four years later. He's first-team starter in the NBA All-Star game, not too shabby, as Adam Sandler would say. No, no, not bad at all, Coach. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, neither one of us were totally sold on the kid. We are not. We didn't think he was bad or anything like that. But I'm surprised about uh, yeah. how good, how great he became so quickly, Coach. Mm-hmm. So Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, that Rajon Rondo, who is having a phenomenal year. I think he's leading the NBA in assists. But uh, how he's playing with a great team, the Bulls with a very good team. I'm hearing more and more, not, not tons, but it's seeping in from both Regular folk like you and me, and from some experts that I hear on radio slash TV. Again, I don't mean to say it's a majority, but I'm starting to hear a few, more than a few, say that the Chicago Bulls might be a contender. Not just to win a playoff series, not just to win a couple, but a contender, period, as in parenthetically, for the championship, Big Doug. I'm hearing more and more of that talk. Are you ready to buy into it, at least to own Poco? No, I, I absolutely am. I have, and without a doubt, <coughs> any team that you would say uh, was better than the Bulls in the NBA right now, any team that you can say has a better shot at winning the championship than the Bulls, and uh, I would have to say the Heat, uh, the the Celtics, the Lakers, the Spurs, those four teams, I would have to say are definitely a bigger favorite than the Bulls to win. All of them are old and are going to break up any year now. There is no doubt that of the the Bulls are the youngest team that have the best chance to contend for a long time. The Bulls are set up to be a, an NBA contender for the next five to eight years right mm-hmm. now. And okay, so if you think what you need in order to to be a great defensive team, I mean, to be an NBA championship team is can you play great defense? Well, Tom Thibodeau was brought in to be just that, right? He's the mastermind of the Celtics defense. Uh, so they have the coach to be the great defensive team. And they also have, okay, the matchups. Coach, they have a great rebounder and low post presence in Joe Kim. No, obviously he's hurt right now. They've got a low post score in Carlos Boozer. 
They got a gunner from the outside and, and some spark off the bench in, in uh, Kyle Korver. They got a, a guy that wants to be your go-to guy late in the game in, in Derek Rose. They have, so far, it seems like they have togetherness and the, the ability to play as a team. So they have role players. They have the defensive-mindedness. They have rebounding. I've got to tell you something, Coach. They are a contender to, for the, the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're on the outskirts, and maybe they're the fifth out of the, out of the teams. But this team is set up. If you're a Bulls fan, you've got to like what, what this team has turned into, Coach. You forgot, uh, and I agree. You know, you were starting to talk about the future, and I was going to bring you back to this year, but you ended it on exactly the right note. I think uh, that they're not a likely candidate, but for the first time in a long, long, long time, you could actually say this year, not three years down the road, this year, there's mm-hmm. actually a chance, it may be slight, but not not remote, that they could actually contend for the NBA championship. And I would add to your analysis of everything, they have a very good number four score. That sounds kind of weird. But I think in the NBA, to win a championship, you've got to have a guy, an electric fourth scorer, fourth threat. Lou Aldine has become that. I think he's part of the piece, or a piece of the part, part of the piece, whatever it might be, over and under. Um, he's part of that also, Big Dumb. Yeah, it, it, you know, he, and they have a lot of guys with a really, really good work ethic. Lou Aldine has a great work ethic. Derek Rose, from everything that I, I hear, they got a, just a phenomenal work ethic. We all know about Joe Kim Noah really puts the time in so mm-hmm. hopefully this team is healthy and hitting on all cylinders on may 1st coach because yeah. if they do you know we talked about how like ohio state won't be beat in a in a five or seven game series mm-hmm. that's why you know that's why you just can't anoint them the national title winners right now but you know what the heat can lose four out of seven games to the bulls i don't see why that couldn't happen mm-hmm. you know the, the the bulls definitely can beat the celtics four out of seven I mean, the, the, the Celtics are, are so old, Kevin Garnett parts dust. You know what I mean? They could beat that team. Great depth. Also, something we should mention. NBA fans out there, you want to join the uh, Discuss 888-463-60. I didn't say Discuss. No, I said Discuss. Uh, yeah. 888-463-6748. But another thing with the Bulls that they haven't had in recent years, at least as good, is uh, quality. Quality depth. And we're not talking six or seven. We're talking ten deep. Yeah. The guy I think is underrated is the point guard that comes in for Rose, occasionally plays alongside him, C.J. Watson. Oh, I like that kid. That was a great signing. Yes, it was. He's, yeah, he's uh, you know defensively uh, he's average, but he's really good against small, quick point guards. So it's like they they got him just in case uh, you know they're playing against one of the smaller guys that are real quick in the league. Mm-hmm. But he offensively, coach, yeah, he could he, he could score, he distributes well. He's the best backup point guard in the yeah. NBA. Yeah, I, I like wow. That's strong. Yeah, it is. He's the best I, backup point guard in the NBA. I, 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 I'm not sure I'm ready to go that. I need to analyze it. I'm with you on the positivity here, but I'll tell you what, you and me are the only two to recognize that, including his very own coach, Tom Thibodeau, who doesn't play him enough. I think the kid, yeah. nobody talks about him in Chicago. Yeah, he, he needs – I wouldn't mind seeing a, a, a Rose on the bench for about two more minutes a game, especially yes. in blowouts. Yep. I love Derrick Rose. But my goal is to have this team go far as they possibly can in the playoffs, not to have Derrick Rose be an all-star or an MVP. I could care less about that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't mind having Derrick Rose on the bench a little bit more. Yeah, but even when Derrick Rose is on the court, hopefully Tom Thibodeau is listening to this show because we're giving him outstanding advice here. Big dog, I'm sorry, big dogger, and the coacher, again, in honor of Jimmer 
For that, breaking down the uh, Chicago Bulls here, Tom Thibodeau and his coaching staff might want to request transcripts of this show, but uh, a big key for the Bulls, and I think you'll agree with me too, Big Dog, as great as Derrick Rose is. He's got talent around him. He can't do it all himself. Don't shoot 25 times a game. Don't dribble, 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 8 to 10 to 15 seconds off the shot clock and then give it to Luol Deng. Pass the ball around. You will get Derrick Rose. You will get your opportunities to score and then some. But distribute the ball, make your teammates better at times. And uh, Derrick Rose and Tom Thibodeau, I think, encouraged it too much. Too much is standing around watching Derrick Rose does his thing. That will be the beginning of the uh, demise of the championship hopes of the Chicago Bulls, in my own personal opinion. That's the, I, I hate agreeing with you on everything, Coach. Every <laughs> once in a while it's good, but I, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Uh, I want, I want, I'd much rather see Derrick Rose with 18 shots and 12 assists yeah. than 28 shots and, and six assists like the other day when they lost. Uh, that was not a good day. Oof. I just had a vision, Big Dog. I just had it. This is even better than my uh, my adult film starring Kevin Love and his outlet passes from yesterday. Oh, the, yeah, the uh, Love which, outlet pass. Yeah, which, by the way, I'm working on. Kevin Love and the outlet, edited version of his outlet passes and the adult don't, film don't version. Don't try to get your actresses from Craigslist, Coach. It, it doesn't work as well I don't as you might get, think. Uh, <laughs> I want to go with Yelp. I don't want to get too specific, but there's a work in process, uh, Big Dog, based on my comment yesterday. But I just had even a better thought. What's that? Somehow through trade or through dropping in the draft, however, it happens. Somehow the Chicago Bulls get Jimmer Fredette, Derek Rose, and Jimmer Fredette teamed up in the backcourt. Well, <sighs> wow. They do need a two, Coach. Wow. I, 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 oh, he would be a perfect two. Roddy Brewer and, and Bogans, I, I, they have not found the right combination yet with, with the two. That, that, that's the issue right now with the Chicago Bulls. But isn't Jimmer Fredette kind of like just a, a little bit more athletic version of Kyle Korver? Um, and I'm not not confused yeah. because like Kyle Korver's a guy that's you know he can average 15 points a game in the NBA. Yeah. You know, a six seven guy, but and I, I just well, I but the one already, they already have their Jimmer is is what uh, I'm. Saying. But the one difference is Kyle Korver cannot explode to the basket off the dribble, like my guy Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, well, I, I will take for that. Heck yeah, yeah. if Jimmer Fredette right. falls into the mid twenties, yep. the Bulls should scoop him up in a heartbeat. Him and Derrick Rose together in the backcourt. All right, I got to get that thought out of my head, otherwise I might get too excited here. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Big dog and a coach, kind of a, uh, a potpourri of sports topics today on the show. Titillating tidbits, news and notes, if you will. By the way, before we leave the NBA, dog, I've had this note for about a week and a half, but I got to throw some kudos out to a doc. Rivers. I don't know if you've ever, do you ever sell shoes to a Glenn Doc Rivers? Uh, I have never dealt with a Glenn Doc Rivers. He was typically an Adidas guy okay. throughout his playing career, don't forget. All right. Well, my one experience, and it's only one, recently, and, and I think you and him would be great drinking buddies. You would love this guy. And I basically had a Northwestern game. I didn't realize it, but his son plays for Indiana. You didn't realize that, Coach? I did not. Indiana is the place for everybody that has played in the NBA. Their son goes there. So whether it's Patrick <laughs> Ewing Jr. or um, uh, well, there's there's a couple coaches. Yeah. It's, it's based, that's where they go. So is uh, Minnesota, by the way. Son went there. No, Min- Minnesota's got a little bit of that with Ralph Sampson, Lonnie Shelton's kid, and Lion O'Hallens' kid. They got three sons of NBA players. Now, didn't Ralph Sampson go to Indiana and then transfer to Minnesota too? I think you're right. So that, I think that, you're right. 
Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, all right, so he's a, and by the way, uh, Doc Rivers' other son, Austin, rated top five, maybe the number one high school player in the country. He's yeah. not going to Indiana. He's going where else but? Duke. He'll be a Duke. Oh, really? But anyhow, so okay. I'm going in at Northwestern. I had a little problem. My tickets had to go over to the table and uh, get something done. But waiting in the will call line is, first of all, I didn't recognize him. But, you know, I'm looking at him, and I, I didn't expect to see Doc Rivers, so it didn't hit me at first. But, you know, I know this guy. Who is he? You know, I can't figure it out. And then after about 10 seconds, 15 seconds, ah, that's Doc Rivers. And first of all, I thought it was kind of cool that he wasn't big time and everybody. He was waiting in line like everybody else. I enjoyed that. And then even more importantly, I started to watch him, and people were coming up to me. It was right after, do you remember it was a couple weeks ago where the Bulls had beaten the Celtics at home? Um, yeah, that's like the, oh. the whole Celtic roster was out that game. I just yeah, whatever. About two weeks ago. So some of the fans were coming up to him and, you know, kidding him. Hey, Bulls got you yesterday. And he was like totally cool with all the fans. Not big time. Mm-hmm. And he was dressed very casually. He didn't have any Celtics gear on. No fancy. Just dressed like a regular fan. Again, waiting in the back of the line in the will call line. And so cool with all the fans. He was kidding. He was jabbing him back. Ah, it's a practice game for us. Don't worry about it. And smiling and kidding around with the fans. I watched him at halftime, too. Kids were coming up. People were coming up and talking to him. And he was just and he wasn't even forcing it, Big Dog. It was like he was just naturally enjoying talking to the regular guys out there. A little thing like that, but it, but I got to throw some kudos the way of Doc Rivers. You know, Coach, I've always had a lot of respect for him, yep. and, and I've always liked him. It's great to hear stuff like that. Yep. I'm, I'm glad you shared that with me because I've always had a uh, I think about Glenn Doc Rivers, and you. How many times have I said when the Bulls had an opening, I was like, "Why don't they steal the Celtics coach and Glenn Doc Rivers?" I, I've said it a million times on the show, so that's cool to hear, coach. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. All right, very cool. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We're spanning the uh, Sporting Globe today. Let's quickly touch on. <gasps> tick 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 tick. The clock is ticking. Big deal. Fifteen days. Fifteen days till pitchers and catchers report. Oh, pitchers and catchers report. Um. Any baseball news and notes you've come across? I saw the Cubs have re-signed Todd Wellenmeyer. I'm sure you're thrilled with that. Oh, excellent. They did need it at number 12 pitcher. <laughs> Everybody needs 12 pitchers, right? They, you can be their 12th guy. Uh, you can never have too you know, much depth, Big Doug. Yeah, uh, Todd Wellenmeyer, let, let's face it, uh, <laughs> last year with the Giants, he had a couple gigantic games with the Giants. Yep. And uh, maybe the Giants don't make it to the playoffs without him, honestly. And if they don't make the playoffs, obviously – they don't carry away the the trophy at the end of the season, so but that's it's not that big of a signing. Mm-hmm. Todd Wellemeyer is he's a decent major league pitcher coach, so hopefully the Cubs can get some quality innings out of him this year. Saw so the New York Yankees have uh, not re-signed, but they've picked up uh, the rotund one, the man formerly known as Bartolo Colon. Is that a what? Seriously? Yeah. That's how bad they need pitchers right now. I was going to ask you: Is he over the hill, or is he still? Um... The no, Bartolo he is Oval. the hill, Coach. Huh? He is the hill. <laughs> He's not over the hill. He is the hill. Yeah, it's come on. I mean, the, the Yankees are really, really hurting. They need a Cliff Lee really bad. You know, normally the the Yankees just go after the highest priced free agents because they're the Yankees. You know, now they're going after Cliff Lee because they really needed a couple. They needed a starting pitcher. You know, so they're signing Cole. You know, the sad thing is. They might ask Cologne to start 30 games this year, and his arm will fall off. So, you know, Bartolo Cologne could possibly be good for 15 starts this year if they really 
they better not expect him to start 30 games, Coach, or else they the the the, the Yankees will not be in the playoffs. Yeah. It's funny is this team has got a dominant bullpen. Let, let's face it: if you get Rafael Soriano eighth inning and Mara, Mariano Rivera nine, you got a dominant dominant pitching staff. And plus, they got a couple other like good relief pitchers. They're in trouble. I mean, CC Sebastian, one of the top ten pitchers in Major League Baseball. AJ Burnett, uh, I, I forget if he's going to have a. a uh, a decent year or a horrible year. I forget because he, he flip-flops. Decent, horrible, decent, horrible. And then contract year, dominant. That's how it goes with him. And I know he's not in a contract year yet, so he's most likely in a horrible year. Uh, Yankees are in a little bit of trouble, Coach. And you're going to have uh, a team that has players like Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter and Mark Teixeira battling to make the playoffs. Because, mm. legit, I, seriously, Sergio Mitre, and that Nova kid are going to be their uh, third and fourth starters, and Bartolo Colon number five. What about AJ um, Burnett is their second starter? Oh, 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 Phil Hughes. Okay. Yes, that's the guy yeah. I was thinking of, Phil Hughes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Phil Hughes. Yankees are a little trouble, coach. They're going to have to beat teams eight to six regularly, regularly mm-hmm. if they're going to make the playoffs. Not but, exactly you know, feeling. They can, they can do it, though, coach. <laughs> Uh, I'm not so, exactly feeling bad for the New York Yankees. I'd like to see them struggle a little bit. I'm not thoroughly convinced that your prediction is correct. Correct, But uh, if it came about, I would not be uh, all that disappointed. Not going to hold any flag days, obviously, for the New York Yankees. Uh, who knows who to add? You know what I mean? Who knows what yep. team has quality starting pitchers that thought they were going to be in it and are out of it. Because, you know, it's not like the Yankees are going to get blown out of the water before July 31st. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if they add one or two good starting pitchers through trade, all of a sudden, they'll be the, the American League favorite because I don't care what happens. The Phillies are the World Series favorite the whole entire season. Our show emanating out of Chicago. We tend to uh, put a slight favoritism, probably too much to our Chicago team, but i got to throw out in our local paper today. They did give us uh, here we are on January 27th, that we have the projected starting lineup for the Chicago White Sox. I'm waiting for the first manager to name his uh, starter for opening day, even before oh, they've begun the way, spring yeah, training. It has. The New York Mets. <laughs> have already announced Mike Pelfrey as their number one starter. <laughs> I'm, not, Coach, I'm not making that joke. What they team? actually did that last week. What team? The New York Exactly. You don't even know who Mike Pelfrey starts for. And they announced that he's their yeah. opening day starter. I always got a kick out of that, David. His teams, they haven't even had their first day of practice yet. And manager Joe Jones names, you know, Sam Smith will be our opening day. So at least... Uh, nice to have some competition for that position. You know, maybe a day of practice before you name your number yeah. one starter. They never even did that for Koufax or Bob Gibson or Greg Maddox <laughs> or Roger Clemens. And they're doing it for Mike Pelfrey in January. This was like two weeks ago, Coach. I should have brought it up to you. Greg who? Exactly. Exactly, Coach. Right. They got Johan Santana on that team. And there's Mike Pelfrey is the number one starter. Johan who? You're joking, right? Not familiar with him. Santana, I think I've heard of him. All right, White Sox projected lineup. I don't want to break it down. I'm not want any in-depth analysis. I want this to be like in a psychologist's office, big dog, when they do the uh, when they show you the ink stain, the ink blot, or whatever that the Rorschachs test. I want first instinct. Just I'm going to read off the starting lineup and just a quick first impression where this team, the feeling that you get compared to other teams when I give you that starting lineup. Juan Pierre leading off, Gordon Beckham in the two spot, Adam Dunn. Three, Konerko, four, Alex Rios, five, Carlos Quentin, six, A.J. Persinski, seven, Alexi Ramirez, eight, third baseman Brent Morell, nine. 
the, the only thing I say is I think Alexei Ramirez should be moved up, Gordon Beckham moved down, and I think that is an excellent, excellent lineup. Now, here's what you have to worry about is psychologically-wise. Uh, let's just say there's nothing wrong with it, but that's like having the best off-road vehicle in the world, and you got a uh, Formula One driver driving it. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't make sense. That lineup sounds like a bash-to-death lineup. Yep. Even though they have one here, and then they got Ozzy Gian managing it. That's an that interesting. That does not seem like an Ozzy Gian-type lineup is, uh, is all I'm saying. That's a great comparison. I like the auto racing analogy. Because you're right, Ozzy likes he, It's not in his nature to sit back uh, Earl, Earl Weaver style and wait for the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not saying that lineup is good or bad. That's not, that's not what I'm getting into. Right. That just doesn't seem like the Ozzy style yeah. lineup whatsoever, especially three through eight, because those are guys that, you know, you, 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 I don't know, you just, you want those guys hitting the head in the count and being aggressive and not hitting behind runners and all that other stuff. So. It's, got, it's got some punch uh, in some certain punch. areas. It's, it's a little old and it's a little slow, not throughout, but uh, in significant chunks, a little bit old, a little bit slow. I'm going to say a lot of punch and a lot of slow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Pierre can run. Uh, Beckham's a, a really good athlete. Alexei Ramirez can run. Alex Rios can run. But Canerco, my goodness. I mean, and Adam Dunn can't run. You know, the, uh, Carlos Quinton, I, I used to think he can run. I think he's still a pretty good ball player, and I, I expect him to have a, actually a, a breakout season. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, not exactly your typical Piranhas-type uh you know, make a lot of contact, pressure, and put a lot of pressure on the team mm-hmm. uh, defensively. That's basically you put a lot of pressure on the pitcher with that lineup, but you don't put a lot of pressure on the defense with that lineup. All right, little baseball expertise from the Big Dog Pitchers and Catchers Report. Fifteen days. It won't be long, my friend. I say that as we have a uh, mini snowstorm outside. It's about 15 degrees out. Pitchers and catchers. Report 888-463-6748, the phone number. One quick Super Bowl note, and then I'll go out to the phone lines, big dog. Uh, and, again, we don't want to start breaking down Pittsburgh and the Packers. but I won't break it down at all. But it is significant. Apparently, uh, rookie center starter Marquise Pouncey, an all-pro kid. This is going to be in the all-star guy. I think he was second-team all-pro. The center, the center, starting center, not going to be able to go for the Steelers, big dog. Uh, and I don't know how much you know about Pouncey, but you do know about the significance of centers in football. Yeah, Pouncey, by the way, Coach, he's the twin brother of the other Pouncey from Florida. One's in the pros, the other one's uh, still at Florida, so yeah, I guess always, one might have a, a rating issue. Always better to have two Pounceys than one. Yeah, without that, yeah he's, he's been good. And think about it, the Steelers have had uh, the Pouncey. He's supposed to be around forever. You know, he's a rookie and an all-pro. Yeah, don't forget they also had Dermonte Dawson for about 15 years. That was mm-hmm. an All-Pro a bunch of times, and Mike Webster before that. So the Steelers figured out a way to get uh, get a good center. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, it's, they're most likely going to miss him. But this kid Ligurski that they got backing him up was phenomenal in the Jets game, and he he's been probably the best backup offensive lineman in the NFL this year. He's pretty much started every single game, and he's played a different position every game. Mm-hmm. So right. the Steelers, the Steelers will be able to. They'll be able to handle it. The, the worst thing about that is he's the, the signal caller, the guy who calls yep. out the, the blocking schemes. And, and the, the Packers will throw a million different looks during the game at him. Mm-hmm. All right, very quickly, good analysis, by the way, Big Doug. You're on your game today. We throw tennis at you, golf, Chicago Bulls, baseball action, centers in the Super Bowl. You have uh, 
if not, uh, you know, a perfect 10 on each one, you've nailed it pretty close. Very impressively done. The coacher and the big dog are with you here on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic show. Real quick, let's go out to the phone lines, and it's caller Sether, who is joining us on a Jimmer Fredette celebration day. Sether, how are you? Good. How about you guys? You see that game last night? If you're talking BYU, San Diego State, it's the first non-Big Ten uh, or tournament game that I watched from start to finish. Phenomenal basketball game. That was a lot of fun. Okay, I, that was the you know I saw Jimmer for that last year a little bit, you know when when they cycled through the games in the NCAA tournament. But he is unbelievable. I mean, some of those threes he shot were were like from Arizona. Like he he steps across half court, he shoots. Yeah, what makes him special, uh, caller Sether, is. <laughs> Not only can the guy rise and shine with unlimited range on his uh, uh, outside shooting, but he's quick, explosive, going to the basket. He can finish strong at the hoop. That's a rare combination for a college guard. The only what problem I have with him in the, in the NBA is that the way he finishes sometimes it seems like he kind of shies away from contact, which is actually a problem Derrick Rose had until recently. I mean, in the NBA, you got to take it hard to the basket and, it comes and, and draw more fouls, absorb more contact. Part of that has to do with the social life at Brigham Young, where they are taught to shy away from contact. I think once <laughs> once he goes to the NBA and learns the, yeah. believe me, he will finish strong both at the basket and otherwise. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, all right. I just want to see if you guys saw that game. It was a great game, great college basketball game. Watched it start to finish. And by the way. Former Illini Brian Carwell yes. on San Diego State. Yes, he gained about 80 pounds since he played for the yeah, Illini. That's good for him. That's good for him. I mean, well, I don't know about that. You know, who, who, who thought that car accident would have landed him on the number four team in the country? I had completely forgotten about that guy, but uh, he's a big dude. Some football yeah. teams should take a look. All right, Seth, uh, call us back another day. we got to wrap up today's show. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Seth, for checking yeah. in. Big dog, phenomenal job that if I were a teacher... I'd give you an A, and I'd give you the day off tomorrow, but I'm not a teacher. You better be here at 10 tomorrow, okay? Okay, well, why don't you find out a a, a public school or a private school that I can actually uh, coach at and teach next year. How about that, Coach? I'll I'll be be more than happy to coach for you. I will get some people on it immediately. All right. I'm good. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. David Olson, our producer. Outstanding job as well. See you tomorrow, 10 o'clock.